Welcome to the Appliance Educator Podcast, presented by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath, attainable luxury designed in Lake Tahoe. The Nesters join the cast today talking about how to succeed as an Airbnb owner and some of their house flipping successes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Appliance Educator Podcast. We've got another awesome podcast today. We are joined by Sarah and Nick from the Nesters. Thanks for joining, Sarah and Nick. Hello, Sarah here. Nick here. Thanks for having us, you guys. We're very excited to be here. Awesome. And as always, I'm joined by Nick from the Appliance Educator. What's up? Glad to be back once again. Yeah. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys. And I think we're going to dive straight into it with our first question. You know, I think Nick and I both have the same question. What really started first? Remodeling, flipping, Airbnb? Like, uh, walk us through the story. Yeah. Actually, it was Airbnb. I don't, or it was remodeling our first home. It was remodeling. Our, so, okay. So, um, we wanted to own a piece of property. We lived in New York city. It was very humble, humble, uh, beginnings here. I was an actor, very, very difficult place <laughs> to buy a house. Um, when you're first starting off in life, but, um, we figured it out with, with FHA financing, but we knew that we had to fix the home up so we could have roommates. We tried roommates at first, then this thing called Airbnb came out around 2008, but we were, it was like 2010, 11. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And we used to like, let's try this Airbnb thing out. And so then the Airbnb thing came. Um, well, we actually got into Airbnb because one of our friends who lived down the street started renting out his two bedroom apartment um, because it just made more sense. And he was making a killing and we couldn't understand it. So <laughs> we tried it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I think home ownership really came first and having the power to rent it out for top dollar. And then just how we rented it out evolved because Airbnb became a thing. Yeah. I, uh, I was doing that in my house in Tahoe for a little bit. We had an extra room and it was such a great income because Tahoe is such a, a great place to vacation and people were paying top dollar, especially new year's was crushed it for in living right by the lake. It was great. And it was really easy uh, maintenance. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear what kind of um, essential Airbnb stuff you guys had figured out, because um, it took me a while to kind of get it dialed in, right? Yeah, well, you know, for us at first, it was just a way to uh, pay the mortgage, pay the mortgage, <laughs> right? And, and start our real estate investing journey. I know it was our primary home, but we had plans to add on to that portfolio. Uh, but actually I have a background background in hospitality. So as an actor, you always prepare yourselves between gigs to do something. And I was planning on this since I was like very young. So I started bartending when I was 16, working in restaurants when I was 16 to prepare myself for my career in New York city. Um, and that led to working in hotels. Nick has always been pretty, we're both pretty handy. I would like to think. So, uh, it was just a natural progression. And we actually could take those skill sets, bring them to running short-term rentals. And we just became so obsessed with it in New York that we actually sold the property as an operating short-term rental. So we, they, the buyers knew the numbers, they bought the decor, they bought all of our operations and our processes. And we sold for more than we thought we could get because it was like a business. It was a business that we were selling more than just a home. And we, we, we were so obsessed with it. We left New York because it was a lot of red tape there and who well, knew now we, it's illegal. We weren't even, yeah, we weren't even planning on leaving New York or selling our house in the first no. place. They knocked on our door and we really didn't either didn't put two and two together to 
invest in multiple properties, like to really make it a thing. It started crossing our minds when we when we saw this Airbnb income. Um, but we also we were looking at our finances and we're like, hey, houses cost a million dollars in this neighborhood. Let's get a second one. Wait, <laughs> you know, it wasn't exactly something you could just do, at least with our with our level of knowledge at that point. Um, so we had the opportunity to sell for a, a crazy profit that I never realized was even a thing. Um, we also realized that reinvesting that money in New York City is kind of trading apples for apples. So there wasn't a whole lot of value there. So if we really wanted to leverage the profit we made on that house and take advantage of those tax-free capital gains, we needed to go to a different market. So we were scouring the, the country, um, multiple cities, and mm -hmm. we had statistics on a lot of places. A, a spreadsheet that include like days of sunshine, elevation. I mean, just the most dialed in spreadsheet you've ever seen. And Columbus, Ohio ended up winning out. It was, it, it hit all the check marks when it comes to investing, cash flow, um, equity, and property, um, professionals moving to the area, growth. Um, yeah. yeah. And we had the friends and family base that are near the area, which kind of made sense too. Okay, great. And did you guys move to the Columbus area to kind of get this first new branch of the model off the ground? And, and is that how that worked? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we came here right off the bat. We actually put an offer in on a four, a four unit building, knowing that it would be a short term rental building that we'd have to renovate. Um, but had that offer not been accepted and, and gone through, we don't even know what city we would be in. Might, might be in Alabama. Yeah, we thought about Alabama. Birmingham. Birmingham Alabama we put too. an offer in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been anywhere, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but here we are. And we've, we've created a, quite a business now. So we're, we're, we're here for a while. It sounds like a really interesting quick transition from just basically home ownership into sort of this more of like an ROI oriented thinking on what you're doing with your, your, uh, you know, property in your portfolio that I think that's fascinating. So at this point in 2021, how many different Airbnbs do you guys have going? Yeah. So we own six short-term rentals ourselves, but I started sharing a lot of our renovations and just what we were doing on Instagram um, back in 2010. And as I brought it to Columbus, I was just starting to tag Columbus and all the things I was doing on, on Instagram stories. And so I would get people asking questions about, oh, you're setting up a short-term rental. That's so great. And I would talk about, you know, our five stars and how guests love staying with us. We got a lot of repeat guests and people asked if I could run their short-term rentals. So without intentionally doing it, we became a hosting company. And now we manage, I think, I don't even know. 41, <laughs> 41 doors, which in the grand scheme of property management, that's actually quite small, but um, we like it that way. We have a very particular taste when it comes to the host, the houses we manage, but um, yeah, so we manage several for other people. And is that nationwide or is that just? No, it's, it's local to Columbus and then Columbus like surrounding. So we have a, we actually have an Instagram famous home that we manage um, about an hour south of us. Uh, that's, it sleeps 18 people. It's got its own private waterfall. It's in Ohio. You heard that right. Yep. There, there are a couple waterfalls in Ohio. Yes. And we manage one of those properties that has it. Yes, I'm very honored to, enter, to to manage that property. But yeah, just all local to to Columbus. Yeah, I think Ohio, and I just think flat, right? Yep. Yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> it mostly is. <laughs> hey guys, Drew from the Appliance Educator Podcast here, and I just wanted to take a minute out to talk about our amazing sponsor, Z Line Kitchen and Bath. You've heard the guests and the hosts talk about this amazing brand and all the attainable luxury that they create right here in the heart of Lake Tahoe, USA. 
from freestanding ranges to ventilation, dishwasher and microwave to everything you'll need to complete your next bathroom project, Z-Line Kitchen and Bath is bringing luxury into your next project. So uh, it sounds like early on, especially, and now with 41, I mean, uh, how many of those were renovations? It sounds like you're going to kind of put your, your touch on things before you kind of take it into your portfolio. So t talk about the renovation process. Yeah. So with our four unit, we, we lightly renovated three and we completely gutted one we're actually sitting in right now. Uh, and then we, we have another home that's actually completely gutted right now that we're currently working on. Which is a lot of fun. A, <laughs> and then we progress work in progress yes, there. And we yeah. flip houses on this on, on the side. I mean, can you flip a house on the side? I don't know. Um yeah, we <laughs> this is this is our sickness. We we tend to not focus. Well, we we've gotten good at focusing on one thing for a short period of time and getting it dialed in and then moving on to the next thing. So I, we're all over the place. Like i we flip a couple houses a year. I started an architecture firm. So we designed well over hundred houses this year. Oh, wow. Um we're try to you know we of course it's all going to come our covid kind of threw everything up in the air so we're just like airbnb stopped for two months and and basically got cut in half for almost a year yeah so that kind of changed our strategy too so i'm like we need to find some additional income or scale this side of our business to make up for that loss we're pretty diversified in how we make income which is great because it's been nice when airbnb dipped people were still building homes and remodeling homes in Columbus. I mean, the housing market here is crazy competitive and there's nowhere to live. So we're redesigning houses for these investors all the time. And that really helped carry our business through COVID. And now Airbnbs are picking up again. There's a lot of money, national and international money coming into Columbus right now. Not, not too many people realize there's over 2 million people in the area. Um, and it's one of the fastest growing cities in the country. So, and the, and there's, I think, what was it like? Oh, 1200 houses are on market right now. Yeah, like and nothing, there's no houses. nothing, no inventory whatsoever. So we're building, it's like almost like, I don't know, Las Vegas, where we just keep going out and out and out. Um, but it's, it's, there's a lot of stuff happening here. How do you guys manage your work life and your regular <laughs> life with all these different pieces going on in the work life? There's help no, from people <laughs> i've i've subscribed to the there's no such thing as a work-life balance no there's <laughs> there's seasons where like you know there was a time where like we're gonna go on vacation for 10 days and so we literally worked for three months to set it up so that we could go on vacation for 10 sure. days you know like so we do try to take help take self-care um make it important because it it is but it's we got into an industry that's insane it doesn't matter if you're a real estate agent it doesn't matter if you're a property manager if you're a home renovator uh remodeler any of the any of the trades right now is just not so in in the housing industry so we're really we're really trying hard to create a, a brand and environment and a culture that we can thrive in and be happy in because right now we have to dedicate all of our all of our time to it so um we don't really have a choice at the moment <laughs> but um we we're 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 liking what we're doing which makes it makes it feel worthwhile and exciting and fun and keeps us uh on our toes yeah what you want to be doing yes yes yeah. yes if you heard that saying it's just like you know instead of working 40 hours in a place that like uh eh, it's like fine i'd rather work 60 to 70 maybe 80 hours a week doing something that is for a greater goal that we are building ourselves and is specific to what we love doing. Um, I, we think it's worth it. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, I, it's hard for me to imagine you guys having free time with flipping <laughs> houses, 41 properties that you're looking at, and then also all the content that you make. I mean, it, it's impressive what you guys do. So kudos. Thank you. Thank you. We ha- we're having fun though, too. I want to go back to the decor stuff when you're stylizing an Airbnb and you guys kind of have a section in some of your blogs where it's, it doesn't have to be the most expensive stuff. It's got to just have character and uh, thrifting is a big hobby of mine. I love me and my girlfriend love to go thrifting and like score all sorts of random things. I DJ. So I like to wear crazy outlandish things on stage and that's the best place to go. And I just want to know, like, what are some of your amazing finds um, thrifting for these Airbnbs and maybe some uh, crazy decor that you would never think to find in, in one of these vacation rentals? COVID really put a damper on all that. And we've been making plans to go to that big uh, flea market out in Springfield, but we never made it this year yet. Not yet, but I will say this. Um, I will say a, a couple things is one amazing stat is, and if any of your listeners are thinking about getting into the short-term rental industry, which are Airbnbs, but all Airbnbs are short-term rentals, um, that 50, you'll have 50% uh, higher uh, conversion rate, 50% if you have a place that stands out online. So gone are the days where like just a ho-hum place and people are looking for an something an alternative stay to a hotel now people are really it's sticking out if your listing has something unique about it and like you said it doesn't have to be anything expensive it just has to be creative so some things that like we're finding or even we 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 love this about social media we end up attracting owners who also love unique and amazing spaces but um theming spaces so we have a building that we manage where each it's a four unit each unit represents um a prominent female in history history. So then we went thrifting for things like we, one of us, Amelia Earhart. And so there's some really cool airplane things or things with um, nail heads or lots of leather and, and, and things like that. Uh, there's, I mean, obviously taking um, antique furniture and making it into a bathroom vanity. That can be fun. Um, Depending on what, where you live too, you can, there's a number of consignment stores here in Columbus and you can get some of those vintage pieces at a reasonable price. Um, sometimes, sometimes you just have to get lucky because, yeah, yeah. go looking often, uh, Facebook marketplace is great. You can set up different filters and be alerted when something you're looking for, like, even if it's just as simple as mid-century furniture and then be able to pounce on that because people are dialed in (laughs) to this, these searches and you got to get competitive and be, and just know what you're looking for. But, um, yeah, I mean, down to like, you know, maybe you're doing like a vintage short-term rental. And so maybe your thing is vintage hats. Someone, one of our, our uh, community members um, just did a whole thing on these vintage hats and she put them all on the ceiling. I mean, it's just cool stuff that as long as you get, can get a little creative, it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, we have a, a, a new one here in Reno that's an Airbnb that just got remodeled. It's called the Reno Art Loft. And uh, mm. a few friends of mine, they have this company called Dream Machine and they, they do all their art from recycled art, uh, from recycled <sighs> products. So trash or like from Z-Line, they gave me a bunch of um, old handles and stuff that they aren't going to products. So I was like, I don't know what to do with these. And I was like, hey, do you guys want to make something out of it? So they're making like chandeliers and stuff out of these old uh, metal gold fixtures that we oh, have. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, cool. It, it's really incredible. Like if, if you do have an eye and you want to, and want to spend the money, a little bit of money, you can justify these slightly higher costs 
to create a space that is really special and share it with the world. I mean, there is a potato you can stay in in Idaho. <laughs> there, I mean, there are train cars, there are airplanes, there are caves, um, tree houses. Um, it can get really cool if you stop and look for some of these unique spaces that are out there. Yeah. So it sounds like one of the keys is just kind of giving each place a personality. So it's yes. online. Now, when you guys are looking at a short-term rental property, you know, what are sort of the, the brass tacks that you look for? Cause I imagine there's kind of, you know, you want to have a personality to stand up, but I imagine there's kind of the, that hit list of we need to have this or get it in, make it viable. Take us through kind of the, the core structure to make a, a successful short-term rental property. This is our number one question and we get it because it's a big investment want to decide and then go through with it because it's not a quick buck business people might there are gurus out there who try to tell you it is it is not um trust me we've been doing this for a really long time now um number one is what are the regulations in that area right short-term rentals are a hot topic when it comes to parties you know, things that are happening that shouldn't be happening in homes. Um, so a lot of cities are cracking down. Some cities are embracing it. As of right now, Columbus loves how it's um, really enriching the fabric of our communities, but only certain communities, right? There are some neighborhood cities where like, it truly is so residential that a short-term rental just wouldn't make sense there. It just, you're going to disrupt the, the neighbors, even if, even when people are just coming and going, it's, it's just, it's not a good fit, but there are awesome neighborhoods that are close to shops and coffee and cafes and things like that. We're like, yes, we would love to have travelers come experience our city firsthand and, and, and welcome you there. But regulations are, are number one. And even if it's not illegal right now in an area you're looking at, try to get in tune with what the conversations have been at the governing body meetings, right? Like, and go there, actually go there and listen. Go there, listen. Um, another thing is knowing your numbers, right? So do some research. There are websites like airdna.co. There are websites like Airbnb, uh, Verbo, HomeAway. See what people are getting per night for their stay and compare that with your investment, right? The numbers have to work. You don't have to be in a, in a highly... Um, like a really popular area. I mean, For Forbes did a, a write-up a few years ago about how one of the most profitable places to have a short-term rental, this is Forbes, not just an Ohio publication, but Forbes was Akron, Ohio, because the cost of living there is so low. Like your mortgage is so affordable that, what was it? Like five, four, four, four to nights. six days would pay your mortgage. <laughs> so, you know, that, that occupancy rate isn't that high. So you would be doing great if you're close to the university or any other like, anything that would draw in people to come to, to Akron in that area. So I would say legality and then just know your numbers. And then of course, if you can create something that will stand out online because short-term rentals, Airbnbs are hot right now. It seems like everyone, if they're not doing it, everyone who asks me what I do are just in line of coffee. And I tell them what I do. They're like, Oh, I've been thinking of doing that. And it, it just, everyone. I can talk to anyone about what I do and they're always interested. So you've got to stand out because now it's really popular and everyone kind of wants to see what it would be like to, to own their own business. I mean, I would definitely consider looking for, you got to look at the outside forces of real estate too. Like, is that, how is that area appreciating there? Mm -hmm. There's some things you just don't see in real estate that you make money from. That's a good point too. One thing I don't love is when investors try to do a short-term rental in a neighborhood that 
isn't ready for travelers you know, up and coming places maybe they're not incredibly safe yet they're 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 transitioning which is which is can be wonderful but it's not fair to take a picture of your renovated home not have the homes next to it in view someone a mom and a daughter arrive at 2 a.m after traveling all day to a neighborhood that you know may not be the safest for them i don't think it's fair for them to pay for your appreciation um, on that on your investment and for them not to have a great stay. I, I always tell people too, like, would you be excited to stay there? If your family was coming to town, would you be so excited for them to stay in your short-term rental? Because if not, I don't know that I, other people I would mean, be either. Honesty is the best policy, is a, is a good rule of thumbs. Our, our, in, our, in New York, we lived under the Triborough Bridge and it was, I loved it. it was, it's this glorious, beautiful site. You can see the East River. You can see the New York skyline. It's insane. But at all times during the day and night, there is lots of traffic <laughs> going on above you and you can hear it and semis with their Jake brakes and, you know, that, but that for me, that's just the charm of the city. But you have to be honest about all those things. If there's something, if there's a train next to you, if there is a, um, a bar, although that could be a positive thing in my eyes, whatever, whatever's around, just say, Hey, look, this is going on and spin it the, the best way you can just be honest about it. That's great. I mean, and it sounds like location plays a big part in kind of all of the points you guys made and just sort of considering and planning of what, what you're, what you're bringing to market basically. Um, what do you guys look for inside the space as, as far as kind of amenities? And, you know, it sounds like you've done quite a bit of renovation when we're looking at the kitchen, the bathroom, the bedroom, kind of the key points, what, what's your kind of standard of, of bringing it up to quality for you to put on? You have to think like the people who are going to stay there, right? So move throughout the home, like, like guests would move. A lot of people tend to make their homes and they move out of their homes and move into a new home and turn their old home into a short-term rental. But you knew that home at the back of your hand. So you, now you've got to like have friends and family stay there first and make sure that the way a guest would move throughout it would, would. Yeah. Let your friends and family stay for free for a night or two and then say, Give me, give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah. Here are some things, right? So number one, things need to be easy to operate and they need to work. You don't want to have a paying guest have to like figure out how to get the oven to work. It should just work for them, right? Um, so renovate your space properly. If you can, I understand. And, and we've been in that situation. We still are maybe in, in one, one or two units and and we just, it is what it is. You make it work, but you got to keep an eye on that stuff. I'm about to replace the sink because it's it's dripping. Yeah. And um, that's just the reality of life. I like to be at the point where everything's renovated. So there's less to worry about. But of course, you can't always be in that scenario. If we did have a limited budget, I would definitely suggest putting it towards beautiful furnishings and the amenities like internet and all the things that people expect um, when they go to a hotel or an Airbnb um, and beyond that. Just a, just a great stay. We're all about thrifting, but one things you don't want to thrift are the mattress. Is the mattress? You know, mattresses need to be couch, uh, new and super comfortable, and the sofa uh, needs to be you know clean and and suitable for guests to stay. Um, some other tips that I love to share with people is let's say you have like a three bed one bath. People might see that and see, ooh, how are six people or maybe even eight people if you've got a sleeper sofa going to use this one bathroom? They're That's not. They're that's not. that's really tough. So what you do is you create 
little vanities in each bedroom, complete with mirror, a place to sit and get ready, blow dryers for each bedroom, not just one in the one bathroom. Equip each bedroom with a space for guests to get ready and that helps with that. You still might not be the most attractive option, um, but thinking about things like that. So we've gotten some opportunities to design short-term rentals from the ground up and en suites are a great Huge. way to, 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 to stand out and in the market. We actually limit the closet space on an, a short-term rental property. Um, you're still going to put a, a closet in each bedroom, but it's going to be on the smaller side. You're going to try to get a bathroom in each. Like if, if I had a three bed, I'd want three and a half baths, um, ideally with small closets mm -hmm. and a large entertainment space down that, that is open to the kitchen that also overlooks the backyard. And maybe there's entertainment space there and, and really start focusing on how can you, how can the family get together, entertain, on a short-term basis, have that meal, and then go up and go to bed and not have to worry about sharing a bathroom when it's time to get ready for a wedding or whatever the case may be. And now, one last story, we can go on forever with these tips, but but now what I'm saying also is just huge is before COVID, our dedicated workspace, it, it worked for it to be the dining table or the peninsula of the kitchen or the island of the kitchen, but now people want a separate room in which to work because so many people are working remote and they need a place they can shut the door, work during the day while their family is coming in and out while they're exploring the area or whatnot, or maybe it's just their partner who's traveling with them can live their life throughout the home and there's a dedicated workspace. So even if you don't want to dedicate a whole bedroom to just an office, to have like a proper office in one of the bedrooms so that these remote workers have a great place to get work done and can plug in to your modem. That's another thing too that is I've had to make some adjustments on since, since COVID. Interest, that, yeah, that's really interesting, especially considering the modem. You would just think, you know, it's all going to be Wi-Fi, but for the remote work, you got to take that conference call, right? So, yeah, some some apparently some companies are requiring that they that remote workers be able to plug in. I've had people reach out to us on these, you know, to one rent with us, and they said they have to do it in order to to work there. So I don't I don't know what that's about security or just knowing that the call won't drop. Yeah, but um, it's really important. Or a way to deter their people from actually going away and working remotely. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the pandemic stuff. When you were seeing trends in the Airbnbs when it finally did come back, was it more people traveling on leisure or was it these remote workers that are taking advantage of their opportunity? Oh my goodness. Coming back through COVID, it's been all the things. I feel like people are just like, get me out. During COVID, 100% visiting family, taking care of sick people um, or people who were just needed to get out of their own four walls and stay in another four walls for a little bit. But now it's seeing family, going to weddings. Uh, business travel is not where it was before. And that's a national thing that a lot of, a lot of these online travel agencies has, have commented on that. It's not quite back yet because people can now work people remotely. are learning how to work remotely right before you had to like i'll figure out how to use teleconferencing some more time and they were forced to and so now so that's been tough but um other than that people are just like moving because they can yeah there's i mean there's the a lot of the we're not going to europe anymore we're traveling to and you know an hour from where you right. live yeah drivable destinations yeah huge. so there's a lot of that going on plus if you if you have family it's like say i have family in cleveland it's more reasonable for me to say, hey, I'm going to take a week and work out of Cleveland at an Airbnb, um, at a nice Airbnb, 
and and work from there see family in the evenings and just make make a week of it but it's not really going to impact my my career i'm still going to go i'm still going to go to work remotely i'm still going to get my stuff done but um, I'm able to travel a couple hours, stay somewhere comfortable and, and have a change of pace here, a change of scenery. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, sounds fun. I mean, <laughs> you know, take my laptop out and go to just work in another yeah, location, go into the woods as long as I have. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Careful about that. We need a good internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could, you know, take all my footage and everything i'm just gonna go edit for a week <laughs> there you go yes yes back with yeah. a bunch of content yeah for us. yeah exactly um so can you guys tell us about betsy sure yeah oh the house betsy yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah so for your listeners like what are they talking about yeah. we we for a while there's just like you can say what address you're going to but man is that boring um and we love celebrating um women any way we can we really try to to do that here at nesters and so uh, most of our homes we dig down deep into the history and see who the first female owner was or in betsy's case it was the woman who had just owned the home and um, connected with our business partner jennifer jennifer was going to see if betsy wanted to sell her home betsy was thinking about moving into assisted living the story is actually incredible and i don't think we have time for it all but it was a long process and the stars aligned and it just made sense. So um, well, Betsy ended up passing away between, you know, her telling Jennifer, no, she wasn't ready to sell. But Jennifer, our partner, made such an impact on the visit with Betsy that her brother called and was like, hey, Betsy actually said, like, you know, should we love for you to, to do something? And it was this home is interesting. So Jennifer came to us because she's like, guys, this house is weird. Um, we need to know. People call it the Marshmallow, the Marshmallow house. house. Yeah, yep. you can. I, you should be able to search the hashtag Betsy614 on Instagram and you'll see it. But it looked like it was melting. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, but and it's all stuck. So it's all stucco. So you can't. It wasn't your traditional house that you'd see in any neighborhood in no, Ohio. There's no reciting this. There's no, it, it, without spending so much money that we wouldn't make any money in the end. Um, but the interior was super fun, easy. We reworked it, a lot of bathrooms, um, open kitchen concept, all that good stuff, giant pantry, but the exterior, we, uh, we did a black white combo, which is very hot right now, um, added some cedar accents and we actually sold that home from, uh, I think he heard about the homeowner saw it on Instagram. Yeah um drove by it in real life and before it even hit the market he was like no nope, we want this house which is so cool because I'm, I'm telling you guys this house is weird <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you like because we talk about all of our stuff what when we can um when we're renovating a, a house we we get a lot of of activity and questions and we we attract really cool people um all of our buyers I think have have from insta yeah. yeah so the last three or four projects we've done we've all gotten from instagram yes yeah, it's been cool. That's really cool. And I mean, it sounds like such a unique combination of kind of tapping into the original like persona of the house and just kind yeah. of it and making it an attractive space. What do you guys look for when you're kind of looking at that mix of like, here's what's got to go and here's what we want to keep. How, yeah, there... how, how do you keep the personality from the original look of the house and update that? Yeah, well, you have kind to let question. the house speak to you, right? Like, I know that sounds kind of artsy fartsy, but it's kind of true. I mean, Not it is literally. True. 
Right. We're not sitting there like with our ears to the wall. <laughs> just male. Yeah. <laughs> but like, okay, there's another house, Ruth, which actually is really cool because the name Ruth came from one of the original owners of the home. And the buyer had followed us on Instagram. So we called it Ruth, but her, I think it was her mother's name was Ruth. And that's why she was moving back to the neighborhood. And she's like, this is meant to be. And so she wanted that house no matter what. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was a that was a great story too. But that house, when we were looking at how to change the exterior of it, um, once we peeled away layers of bad decisions <laughs> from previous owners, it was this like white um, board and batten on the top and then a, a horizontal siding on the bottom. We just like, we're like, that's cute. Let's just go back to what it was originally supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, you know, we didn't get crazy artsy with it. We just did what was originally done. It was a garrison colonial. And so it was just a cool way to, to just bring back the house the way it was intended. And, and honestly, sometimes it's driven by financial. Sure. Absolutely. Um, for example, in <laughs> Betsy, there is this beautiful brick oh, chimney it. in the center of the, the space that divides the kitchen and the living room. Oh. And to remove the chimney, plus the roof work and everything, well, we, we ended up putting on a new roof and all that, but- We couldn't, to take it down was just too expensive. Yeah, it, it just, it made sense to embrace it instead of pay to demo it. So we had our friend and our uh, local artist come in and they did this beautiful, um, it's just the address, right? It's so, I don't know if you guys picture this, like when you're driving, driving through an old downtown, you know how you see that fade, those faded advertisements on brick? Like they used to be like full on bright painted um, advertisements, but over time they fade. I love those. So she did this like thing that had like, the, it paid homage to the neighborhood. Um, and then we had the address and a little arrow that was like, you know, go this way to, to go to this address. And then we like beat it up. We just like took um, acetone and like a sander to it and just like made it look super faded. Um, and we left it because that neighborhood, there's a lot of pride in that area uh, and in history. And so it it stood out on, we, we didn't really have to have it on the MLS, but it did stand out on Instagram and uh, people loved it. So that's awesome to give it that kind of like early to mid century distressed look in there. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, so we've got kind of an interesting question for this next one. How did you guys find out about Z-Line? Z-Line's been a sponsor of the Appliance Educators content for a while now. How did you guys get involved with them? That is a fantastic question. It, it could have been one of two things, either at the Kitchen and Bath Showcase in Vegas, but I think it was seeing it on Instagram somewhere, just the products and how gorgeous they are, but also obtainable. Um, especially the projects that we do. I got this. You got it? Yep. So in New York City, we did um, presentations. I was a real estate agent in New York City. Oh, yeah. And we went to a couple showrooms. Um, some of them were appliances, high-end appliances, uh, you know, Sub-Zero and uh, Wolf and Thermador and all that. And I just kind of got intrigued by, we started designing luxury apartments and I was intrigued by you know, the price tags on some of these things. And when we ended up going to Vegas, like the first year, like mm. several years ago, um, I'm like, these are gorgeous. What's this? <laughs> um, and we started talking about it. And because this is before they were even in, like you couldn't get them in stores, you had to buy them direct. And uh, and they just did stoves at the time. And now they do everything. Like even their sinks are and faucets are extraordinary and super high quality. But, um, and I'm just like, so this is, this looks like an $8,000 stove. And when, and, you know, and then like, no, it's 3,500. And I'm like, oh, well, what's wrong with it? Yeah. <laughs> 
no, and then we've actually put them in uh, several of our renovation renovated products, and uh, the the potential buyers love them. Are I mean, I can't tell you how many times on Instagram people are like, "What is that? What is that hood? What is that? What is that oven? That range?" And and we tell them, and and like, "Oh my gosh, that's you know, that that I wouldn't have that in my house." So that's how it got started. Yeah, that's I think, right. I think Ruth was the first time we did the entire suite dishwasher well except the fridge which from what i understand they're coming out with fridges now and they're going to have those available soon but um i remember getting the little microwave slash convection mini oven oh my god that's the best and it, it and the door opens like an oven so it mirrors the the thir- we had a 36 inch uh, wide stove and i'm just like holy cow this is so cool and i'm like we can make a pizza in here <laughs> Okay, anything you want in there. They're just beautiful and attainable and not cheap, but not also like something I, that you can't have. Yeah, if if you're doing a higher end flip in like the half a million dollar price point, it's perfect because, nuts. because it's satisfying the luxury uh, aspect of that price point, but you're not spending a fortune to get there. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. IPO. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think that's really their target is like, how do we kind of compete with these high end luxury brands at a price point people can attain? So attainable. Yes. <laughs> and I will tell you, I will tell you too, we, we were at KBIS, um, the kitchen and bath industry showcase in Vegas, I think. Yeah. Vegas. And, uh, and everyone we ever talked to at Z line, they're knowledgeable and we're not being paid to say this knowledgeable and so nice. I mean, I remember walking away from the, the, um, what do you call it at the conferences, like that area where they're all set up and being like, that was the nicest, not pushy, just educational experience we've ever had with um, a product and a brand and how we were reached out to after we spoke. And it was just like, not that it was really like, how was your experience? What And it was just good. And I think that's honestly for a lot of brands and products. And we try to be like this too, with our short-term rentals, it's, it's less of this like desperation thing for the business and more of like, how was the experience? How can we make it better? How can we keep on improving? And that will go so far in any business that that you're running um and we just felt that and it was nice to feel that um especially in a crowded busy week of all the things yeah the camaraderie that you get with someone makes you want to come back more yeah Yeah. definitely biased but i completely agree (laughs) (laughs) it's true it it really i mean from the bottom of my heart it's true that's awesome guys well before we kind of sign off for today where can everybody find your awesome content i know you guys you guys are kind of all over the place so walk, walk all of our uh, listeners through where they can find your content and what you got coming up. We appreciate that. Yeah. So we hang out back behind the scenes on Instagram. So it's at nesters, but we spell it kind of fun and interestingly, we drop off that last E. So it's N E S T R S fun because we couldn't get the E. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we made it like, fun. Um, <laughs> and then on our, on our nesters.com as well, we have a ton of blog content there, both our projects and just lessons that we've taught ourselves or learned over time um, within renovation and um, investing journeys. And then we also have a podcast of our own all about short-term rentals and it's called Thanks for Visiting. And we've got over a hundred episodes and we're just nerding out there all the time, all things short-term rental. That's awesome guys. So yeah, listeners, if you want to catch more of Sarah and Nick, all the cool Nesters content, Instagram podcasts, look for them out there. Guys, just want to thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
guy was great. And we'll, we'll, we'll chat more again soon. I know. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thank you. This has been the Appliance Educator Podcast, brought to you by Z-Line Kitchen and Bath. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow at Appliance Educator for more tips and tricks and advice to keep your home running at optimal performance. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show, leave us a comment. Appliance Educator, signing off.